Welcome to The Reckoning, a series of talks co-presented by Sydney Festival and the UNSW Centre for Ideas. I'm Anne Mossop, Director of the UNSW Centre for Ideas. The excerpt you're about to hear is from our event, Australia's Turning Point, and features satirist Dan Illich, highlighting his unique take on what we can all do to save Australia. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, thanks very much. Uh, absolutely a privilege to be on this panel of such heavy hitters uh, and intellectual folks uh, taking the big topics to our audience. I tackle one big topic mostly in Irrational Fear, which is my, my podcast, and that's climate change. And um, like what Peter was saying, don't be scared. That's the, that's the whole ethos of our podcast because the media tends to make us scared of all sorts of things and many things we shouldn't be scared of. But the one thing we probably should be scared of is what Emma Johnston was talking about is climate change. And so that's kind of what we do on our podcast is we, we look fear in the face and we, we have a laugh at it. And this is kind of where I'm at with climate change right now because we've run out of tools uh, to kind of get climate action moving. So I'm turning to the only tools I have, which is comedy. Often a lot of folks who face climate change, uh, particularly folks on the front lines of climate change, the most climate vulnerable people can feel powerless. And those at home who are in the suburbs of our big cities can feel powerless with what they can do with climate change. But I also from time to time feel powerless. I wanted to go to Glasgow this year. Well, actually last year, I want to go to Glasgow last year and I wanted to go to Glasgow this year to do shows. Um, but unfortunately somebody um, forgot to reply to a bunch of emails. And so, you know, no one could go anywhere. Instead, I was in lockdown with a lot of other Australians. Uh, here is me in, in Paris in 2015 at COP21. I was doing shows every night in Paris, uh, making fun of terrible actors at the climate talks there. And I wanted to take my show last year to a rational a rational fear to glasgow to perform in pubs around glasgow but I just couldn't get it happening so there was i stuck in sydney on day 94 of lockdown in my bedroom thinking to myself oh my gosh i feel so powerless what can i do what can me just a guy in my bedroom on day 94 of lockdown do to kind of point out just what a bad actor australia is on the world stage at these climate talks and this is something that i've been I'm really anxious about because I'm involved with quite a few international organizations, uh, Obama Leadership Organization, uh, the Bertha Foundation, uh, and Climate uh, Comedy for Comedy for Change, another great organization. And quite often people ask me about these, about our, our position on climate. And they're like, what is the deal with Australia? Why are you so terrible? And I don't have an answer for them. So it's also something I think a lot of Australians don't actually know. So I wanted to do something to point out that while our Australian government would be in Glasgow promoting what great actors Australia was on the world stage, I wanted to point out to the rest of the world that Australians know that our government is lying to them. <laughs> so uh, I decided to get a billboard. Oh, and also, you know, here's the thing, heading into Glasgow, our friend Scott Morrison decided he probably wasn't going to go to Glasgow. Instead, he was going to engage in his normal duties, which I assume is cooking a curry and waiting till decisions could be put off until they become crises and explode in his face or his pants, you know, whatever. So I decided to buy a billboard in Glasgow and I thought I would buy this billboard. I could put three bits of artwork on it. And here is the artwork I was going to put up. Cuddle the koala before we make them extinct. Uh, Australia net zero by 2300. Now this is a joke, but Katan Joshi also worked out that this is actually 
uh, pretty accurate. Uh, for, any, for anyone walking past this billboard, maybe they'll see it and go, oh, wow, they're committed to 2030 and then have a double take and go, oh, they've made a typo. But in fact, the way our emissions reductions are going right now is we will hit net zero by 2300. And the third one was a billboard that I hadn't actually designed yet. Instead, I decided to create a crowdfunding campaign to try and find someone who wanted to put their own message up. So I created a this Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo campaign, and I emailed all of the people on my email list uh, at 6.30 a.m. on the 27th of September. At this point, COP was about a month away. Uh, and then I needed to raise $12,000 to pay for this billboard, uh, and I managed to get that by 8.30 a.m. I got $12,000 in two hours from my email list. Oh, and also I'd sold the truthful billboard. Somebody had wanted to buy the billboard straight up, like within the first couple of days. And this is what they wanted on it. Yeah, look, sorry about our government bullshitting. Kind regards, Australia, overwhelming majority of residents. Is there a poll we can refer to? And I said, yes, there's the ACF poll where over 75% of Australians want more climate action. Uh, so we kind of put that into, 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 into words. Now, this was uh, done, bought by a very famous Australian and they want to re remain anonymous and maybe you can figure out who it is. By the end of day one, we'd raise over $40,000 at the end of the day, 43,000. Isn't that incredible? And then by the end of day two, I'd raised $80,000. Uh, well, all of us had raised $80,000. And this, and I did a whole bunch of press and things like this about it, which was kind of catching the eye of people in the media in Australia. This told me two things. One, people want climate action. Heaps of people. And people are pissed off uh, at the way our government is portraying ourselves on the world stage. They're pissed off at the way our government is lying to the world about what we're doing. And we are terrible actors when it comes to climate action. And the other thing is I needed to do a dress rehearsal for Glasgow, clearly, uh, because I don't want to mess this up. I'm going to need a few more billboards. So we should definitely practice. So I decided to purchase the biggest billboard in Times Square. Now, the problem for me was this billboard is really really, really big, but it's also extremely expensive, $100,000 per hour. So I spoke to my broker uh, who I had, had through a contact there and I was like, hey, is there any way we can get this down? Like, I don't need it up for an hour. I think I think I might need it up for 10 minutes, Max. What what can I do for 10 minutes? And she did, did an amazing job and talked them down from $20,000 to $16,000 US. So we could, we could buy 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes of time, I thought, I'm going to need to get as many press down there and talk to as many Australians who I know in the city and get them down there and get them taking photos and get them uh, taking videos and sharing that on social media so we can make this 10 minutes last throughout eternity. I got some of the classic billboard uh, artwork made up um, for this particularly huge billboard. And look, isn't that amazing? They took, my artist took the animation and totally turned it into something completely magical. I also got some jokes from some friends because the billboard had room for extra jokes. So this is Colophile Dundee, uh, and this was done by The Chaser. And also this one, Colicon, New York Colicon. It's a parody of New York Comic-Con, and it's a special guest, Matt Canavan, winner of Best 
Cole Cosplay 2020. Uh, and then people will keep messaging me because this story got so big. People kept messaging me about this billboard that is in definitely in Glasgow or a glass cow, as the tweet says. Uh, we're rich in uh, sunshine, wind and climate denial. This actually wasn't in the Glasgow train station. This was just a mock-up done by a Sydney graphic designer called Sean Marsh. So I reached out to Sean and asked him to do one for our billboard. So it actually would go up somewhere. Uh, then I had a couple of tweets that got turned into billboards as well. I decided to create like a, an Australian government against humanity kind of board game where I would just point out the immense hypocrisy of our government. Uh, like this one, during a deadly pandemic, form a commission to fix the problem by building a gas pipeline. Now that of course is referring to the National COVID-19 Coordination Committee, which was started when the government went on holiday for six months and this committee was gonna solve the, the pandemic. And what did they do? Well, they stacked it full of fossil fuel executives and their solution to a, a respiratory virus problem was to build a gas pipeline, which is wonderful. And then as carbon emissions reach 416 parts per million, the most urgent thing to do is approve four new coal mines in one month. And that is something that Susan Lay did the month before. Uh, and then we managed to finesse uh, our, our billboard uh, owner uh, suggestion. Dear world, yeah, look, sorry about our government bullshitting about emissions targets. Kind regards, Australian had the ACF poll there. So we're ready to roll. So I had the invoice paid. But at this point, I should point out that I'm paying it out of all of my own money at this point because the campaign was still going. I was hopefully still going to get paid by the campaign uh, at the end of, uh, of the month. But, you know, things had to be paid. So, you know, you know, I took some money out of my house deposit and made sure this invoice was paid. It was a very important invoice. Uh, hundreds of Australians were RSVP'd on the New York City uh, Facebook page, which was incredible. Uh, and also the press was invited. Uh, Australian press, uh, some overseas press. Uh, this tweet I put out was also replied to by Russell Crowe and he brought Jake Tapper towards it. He said, hey, Jake Tapper, have you seen this? To which Jake Tapper replied, I had not. Thanks, Russell Crowe. Um, so that's pretty exciting. So CNN, we're probably going to be down there. So on the day of the billboards going out, which was, I think, October 15, our time, uh, they were going to go up at about 9.45 a.m. our time, 6.45 p.m. the day before in New York City. So I just gathered around my webcam put the webcam i could the only webcam i could find on the tv in my living room at, the, at exactly 9 45 i saw this which was incredible this is me taking a video of the webcam on my on my tv <laughs> this is the only part of the of the billboard i saw for the next 10 minutes it was incredible i was elated to only see a third of a billboard it was amazing uh thankfully i got some great photos later of some of the great work uh being put up on this billboard this billboard is huge it's the entire city block it wraps around the marriott in times square this is also another great bit of artwork here Missing persons, last seen doing nothing, answers to ScoMo and the coal lobby. Also appreciate that one. So is Scott Morrison going to Glasgow at 9.45 on the 14th of October? At this point, no. But then by 2 p.m., yes, he, he decided to go to Glasgow. <laughs> so it could have been me. It could have been the Queen. It could have been Prince Charles. It could have been a number of people convincing him to go to Glasgow. But I like to think something about this billboard hitting nationwide news all day 
might have pushed him in a position where he, he decided to go to Glasgow. Oh, and the next day I did a great interview with my good personal friend, Jake Tapper. So Glasgow, what did it look like? Well, Glasgow also had some billboards too. We had uh, our billboards on the highway on the way to the venue. Uh, we had a couple of other billboards that were in the suburbs of Glasgow. So that was pretty great. Oh, and this is not just... This is like a really in, a strong indication of just the incredible passion that so many Australians had for this particular initiative. Uh, 2,500 people basically gave $200,000 for this campaign. That works out to be 190 after after fees and stuff. And that is incredible. So we had so much more money um, left over from this. We could also spend it on campaigns at home. And that's what we've done. We've put a <laughs> Australia net zero by 2300 in New England. Um, we've had Australia net zero by 2300 in Mali, in Horsham. We had one in Torquay. Uh, this is great. This is a this is a site in Kuyong, in Hawthorne, where you are not allowed political advertising. So we created one that said, hey, with a big space, it's time to buy a standing desk because you're about to lose your seat. Uh, that big space is for someone there to perhaps maybe graffiti Josh. Um, who knows? Um, but somebody did graffiti it, unfortunately. Frydenberg down the bottom. Look, it still makes sense. I can understand why someone would be anxious about climbing up a ladder to write Josh. <laughs> Some billboards are getting rejected. Uh, and that's been a bit of a problem. Like this is one in Bundaberg in Keith Pitt's electric. Keith Pitt famously known for not knowing what a battery is. Uh, we've got one here saying, hey, Keith, batteries give you power in the dark. The outdoor company said, no, that is rejected on two accounts because it's too political and because it's a sex toy. So I said, hey, what about this one? Did you know batteries can give you power in the dark? And they said, no, because you'll tweet about it and, and you know, it's too political. So I negotiated with batteries, wow. Um, so this one is currently up in Bundaberg around the corner from, from Keith Pitt's office, Batteries Wow, which is great. Uh, and for those sex toy fans, you may recognize something very similar to the flashlight. Yeah. Okay, good. And we've also got some going up in the seat of Cook. So this one is a beautiful one done by a wonderful artist in Tasmania called Tanya. Visit the old growth stumps of Tasmania. We've got the Hawaiian hideaway for things when things get too hot at home with the bushfire sale now on. Uh, this is in Engadine. Welcome to Engadine, the place where Scott Morrison last did anything. And I think uh, the Engadine doctrine is well and truly enforced with this prime ministership. Also this in Kirawee. In 2035, Cassie will be qualified to put former politicians in jail for historical climate crimes. Climate prosecutor is one of the 1 million new jobs in a fossil-free future. This is great. So what about my own electorate? Well, Dave Sharma is my local member and you may remember the hoo-ha around International Women's Day. March last year, he was handing out flowers to people, at, to women at Edgecliff Station. It's not Valentine's Day, it's International Women's Day. Nothing says empowerment like getting a platitude from your little sitting member. Um, so I decided to do something similar. I handed out hammers to men at Edgecliff Station on International Men's Day uh, and I got far more engagement than him. But not only this, so, you know, I, I, there's a bit more going on here. This is Dave in November. He, when net zero by 2050 plans were kind of formulated by the government, which actually don't meet 2050 targets, they actually fall short by about 30% um, because they require something called magic to make happen. Uh, he actually went flyering um, with meeting some babies, putting flyers all about this government's net zero targets. Uh, and he's got a lovely fly that says net zero climate action. 
net zero climate action. And to my relief, I was like, oh, wow, Dave, you're actually telling the truth for once. So I've actually got a pamphlet going out next week, uh, net zero climate action, literally, with some jokes about the Liberals net zero climate ambitions. So climate change can make people feel powerless, right? It can make push people into a place of indecision. But this is the kind of stuff that I, I did with a heap, heap of people online with the tools free and freely available. And I mustered a team together to create some kind of real change, to agitate for change. And I want people to think that, that they can do that themselves because there are, someone put it to me last week, there are 7 billion people on this earth and everybody is woken up and we're not going to take it anymore. And if they think, if the people who run fossil fuels, if the carbon lobby thinks because they own parliament that they could do whatever they like, I think the people in this country are slowly waking up to the thought that, oh, maybe, maybe not maybe we do need to take some meaningful climate action. And I'm going to go one step further than Peter Harcher and say, don't be reckless. And by that, I mean, don't vote for candidates funded by mining and fossil fuels this election. That is the simple solution to this problem right now heading into May, because the coalition, they have power by one seat. And what we need to do is find people who believe in science, who want accountability, who want a federal ICAC, who want gender equality. And by voting for folks who aren't funded by mining and fossil fuels, that can short circuit the ownership of our parliament by those interests. So please, everyone, you have more power than you think, even if you are just stuck in lockdown in your bedroom. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit sydneyfestival.org.au and centreforideas.com. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.